My name is Dave Smith. I'm senior pastor of Kingsgate, and it's my great pleasure to extend a warm welcome to all of you. And again, it's great to have Lester guys with us. Fantastic. Thanks for making the, the journey. This is the fourth of our four celebration services here this weekend, next weekend in Cambridge. Um, so we're, we're just having such a great time celebrating Christmas. I know Scrooge didn't like Christmas at the start, but I don't know about you, I love Christmas. Anyone else? You know, time of festive fun, food, family, lots of football on telly. Mind you, talk with Lester around, perhaps better not mention football or Peterborough for that matter. Um, but of course, uh, Christmas is a lot more than all those things. It's about giving and receiving of presents, isn't it? At least partly. I um, wonder whether you can think about the best and the worst present you've ever received. Let me tell you about my worst ever present. It actually came from my wife, Karen, I have to say. Um, now, many of the congregation know that I'm not actual, actually Mr. Practical DIY. That's an understatement. And so imagine my shock and trauma when I opened a present and got this double whammy. I mean, how cruel is that? A wheelbarrow and electric drill. Now, actually, I want to say, uh, go on record, my wife is actually a great giver of presents. I just put that down to a temporary blip. But we're not actually going to talk about best or worst presents. I want to talk this afternoon about the greatest gift that has ever been given. Someone once said, at Christmas time, when we receive presents we don't really need, God offers us a gift we cannot do without. This gift is the greatest that's ever been given and truly has the power to change our lives. It's like explained for us in probably the most famous verse in the whole Bible. It's the words of Jesus in John 3, verse 16. Let me read this to you. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Earlier on, we were obviously focusing a little bit on the story of Scrooge. And in Dickens' original version of A Christmas Carol, he highlights that it was the visits of the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future that basically caused Scrooge to wake up and realize that he needed to change. Well, this afternoon, we're not going to focus on ghosts. We're going to focus on something that has much greater power to change our lives. And we're going to focus on the gift of Christmas past, present, and future. And we see that explained for us in the verse I've just read. We're going to look at the gift of Christmas past, which is how God gave us his son. Then the gift of Christmas present, which is our opportunity to receive that gift and then the gift of Christmas future, which is new life now and forever. So let's briefly look at all three. Firstly, the gift of Christmas past is this. God gave us his son. Christmas is a lot more than just the latest John Lewis advert. It's more than turkey. It's more than lights and tinsel and trees. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But actually what Christmas is, it's an opportunity to remember and celebrate the greatest gift ever and the defining moment in history. 
We see that in the first part of this verse, John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That was the history-defining moment. I don't know if you know what date it is today. It's actually December the 14th, 2014. Strictly, it's December the 14th, 2014 AD, which stands for Anno Domini, which is the year of the Lord. In other words, it's marking the birth of Jesus Christ. Every day you look at your calendar, whether you're aware of it or not, there is a reminder of this defining moment of history, this most important birth in all of history when God sent his son to be born. It's that important. It's that central to the whole of history. Someone once said, the hinge of history is found on the door of a Bethlehem stable. So what I want to do is ask a couple of questions. Why is it that this gift, this birth, was so crucial to the rest of history. Well, first, I believe this gift that God gave was the most loving gift in history. It says, God so loved. I don't know what you think God is like. There's so much misunderstanding of who the true God is. People think of God as as mean or aloof or uncaring or distant. I want to tell you, nothing could be further from the truth. The New Testament presents a picture of an incredibly loving God That word love there in the original Greek is the word agape, which basically is talking about the highest form of love available. It's not the selfish love that we often display. It's unconditional, unselfish love that wants the best for the other person. I've got some news for you today. The God that we're talking about is a God full of love. He has a plan for your life, and he wants the very best for you. God so loved This is the most loving gift in history. Secondly, it's the most perfect gift. How do you struggle with present buying? I tell you, I find it really difficult. I'm not greatly imaginative, neither am I a great planner when it comes to present. Often, the one, my one present of the year is, is, is Christmas Eve, and I'm so, I, I normally end up at the perfume counter at Westgate House. I mean, that's pretty pathetic, isn't it? If I find it difficult to find a perfect gift for one special person, think about, think about God. Here he is. He loves the whole world. It says, God so loved the whole world. That's talking about every person that ever existed, God wanted to give a gift. What is the gift? It could only be a perfect gift. It could be the most special gift because it had to be a gift that met the deepest need of every single person. So what did God do? He basically came himself. He came himself. And this gift of God's Son, God coming to us, is something that is for you, it's for me, it's for the person on your right and your left, it's for every single person who's ever lived. It is a perfect gift. God came to us to meet our deepest need. And the word world there in John's Gospel nearly always means a humanity Mankind that has turned its back on God and is therefore living independently and therefore some of the chaos that we see all around us is a result of us turning our back on this God. But God so loved us that he didn't want to leave us in that condition. It's the most loving gift. It's the most perfect gift. Thirdly, this gift of Christmas past is the most costly gift that's ever been given. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave 
his one and only son. I have uh, two daughters, and one of the most costly things that I've ever had to do was give them away on their wedding day. I would tell you, it cost me big time. Not just talking about the financial side of it. Let's not even go there. But the emotion of giving them away at the time felt costly. Actually, with logic, you can say, well, I'm not losing them. I've actually gained two great son-in-laws. And then, of course, there's the, the prospect of grandchildren. No pressure. But we don't actually lose, really, in that instance. But think about the enormity of the cost of God giving his eternal son to be born and to become a man. Staggering, staggering cost. And Jesus willingly took up the assignment. He became a man. He walked amongst us to reveal what God is like. He ultimately paid the final cost by dying on a cross for our sins. And then he rose from the dead and is alive today. The question is, why did God do it? Well, one of the words given to Jesus at his birth was Emmanuel, which means God with us. Totally contrary to the view of a distant, aloof God is a God who is so personally committed to us that he actually came and lived on this earth. The U.S. astronaut Hale Irwin, after he'd returned to earth, um, having been on the moon, said this, the most significant achievement of our age is not that man stood on the moon, but rather that God in Christ stood upon this earth. God came to be with us in Christ. He also came to rescue us. The very name Jesus means the Lord saves or the Lord rescues. So we're here uh, this afternoon to celebrate the gift of Christmas past, how God gave us his son. But as important as that is, we mustn't stop there because the Bible doesn't stop there. And and, and we must move on to look at this second aspect of Christmas, which is the gift of Christmas present, which is our opportunity to receive this gift. Let me go back to my worst ever presence. You'll be pleased to know when I recover from the shock, I not only um, received those gifts, but over the years I have been known to use them, both of them. The, the, the drill on at least an annual basis, the wheelbarrow slightly more often, sometimes my wife more than me, but nonetheless they've been put to good use. But imagine if this Christmas you knew you were going to receive your absolute dream present. And, so, and you knew it was there, it was, it was at the tree, and you just sat there, and New Year passed, all of next year passed, and you just left it there. Well, you wouldn't do that, would you? No. You, what you want to do, you want to actually unwrap it and receive it. I remember when I was a child, we left all the best presents till after the Queen's speech. I mean, that is cruel to children, isn't it? Leaving it till about half past three in the afternoon. But I want to tell you, when when it was like time, right, time to go, and it was like, right, here we go. And I believe that's how God wants us to be with the greatest gift ever. He doesn't want, as it were, to hit the great gift he's given us to allow it just to sit there, as it were, unwrapped and unused. He wants each and every one of us to take the opportunity to receive this greatest gift of all. In the verse we're reading, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever 
believes in him. That word believes doesn't just mean an intellectual assent or understanding. It talks about a trusting in. And then earlier in his gospel, John links believing with the word receiving. To all who received him, Christ, to those who believed in his name, what about this for a promise? He gave the right to become children of God. Throughout history, billions of people have, as it were, had their moment where they've taken the opportunity to receive. Right back from the very first Christmas, the response of of Mary, the response of um, her fiancé, Joseph. Then we have um, educated astrologers and uneducated shepherds. And all throughout history, people of all backgrounds, races, ages, have received Christ. How did they do so? Well, there's many ways that you can receive Christ. But I think the simplest way and probably the most frequent way that people receive Christ is by praying a simple prayer of inviting Christ to come in their life. I'm sure you've heard of the adventurer Bear Grylls. And he talked about how many years ago he received Christ through praying a simple prayer. He said this, I remember having one moment when some really good friends turned their back on me in a really nasty way. He continues, I remember praying a simple prayer up a tree one evening and saying, God, if you're like I knew you as a kid, would you be that friend again? And it was no more complicated than that. And actually, the amazing thing is that all that God asks is that we sort of open the door and he'll do the rest. So often we kind of hide behind our yearning for love and acceptance with loads of complicated theological questions. And actually, once all that's stripped away, what we really are is just somebody who wants to have that relationship with our Heavenly Father. Bear Grylls prayed a simple prayer, invited Christ, received the gift of Christmas, as it were, into his present life, and as a result, his life was changed. I prayed a similar prayer over 30 years ago. I was brought up in a a Christian home, and we celebrated the gift of Christmas past. We acknowledged the, the story every year. I remember on Christmas Eve, uh, my, my granny, before she died, would play um, carols on the piano, and we'd all, we'd all sit around on Christmas Eve, and we'd sing carols. And do you know, it's got happy memories for it. It gave me, a, all I can say is a nice Christmassy feel. But it didn't change my life. I was still as selfish and directionless in the New Year's as I was before we sung those carols because I was acknowledging a past event, but my life didn't change until I took the opportunity to receive Christ personally. It happened when I went up to university. I was in a church meeting, and for the first time, I don't know how I'd missed it all those years, I realized that Jesus Christ wasn't just a historical figure that was true. He actually was a living person who wanted to come and help me and have a relationship with me and bring me into a relationship with Father God. And so I prayed a simple prayer, a little bit like Bear Grylls prayed 31 years ago. I still remember it to this day. Simple prayer of opening up, as it were, the door of my life. And Christ came in and he changed me and still is today. But the great thing is, This is not an exclusive kind of thing. This is not for a few people. Jesus said, whoever, 
anyone anywhere can receive this greatest gift of all. It may be you're here and maybe it's the first time you've been to anything like this. Every year we have loads of people. This is their first experience of this kind of meeting and hearing this kind of message. You're especially welcome. But it may be that you've never ever received this greatest gift. Maybe you've been coming for a long time but you've never actually personally invited Christ to come in your life. That's what makes all the difference. And so the close of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to receive. Or it may be that you, you've once received that gift and it's almost like the, but you left the present there in effect and have not developed that relationship. Or maybe you started a relationship with Christ. But the, the, the scripture we've just read doesn't say whoever believed It says, whoever believes. It's the idea of an ongoing, dynamic relationship with Christ. And it may be that you're here and you know that your walk with God isn't what it was or what you want it to be. There's an opportunity for you to come back this Christmas and put Christ's first place in your life. And if you do, here's the promise. If you take your opportunity to receive, as it were, in your present, there's the promise this, that you will enjoy the gift of Christmas future, which is... New life, now and forever. I've told you about, uh, slightly tongue-in-cheek, my my worst presents ever. Let me tell you about one of my favorite presents. It was in uh, 1972. I know many of you weren't even born then. This was before iTunes, before CDs even. And in 1972, my sister and I were given a record player. Anyone remember those? Yeah, it dates you like it dates me. And we were given um, a record player. I was given Slade's Merry Christmas, and she was given Marie Osmond's Paper Roses. Boy, that's a soppy, silly song, if ever there was one. Anyway, back to Mer- um, Merry Christmas. We had an amazing time that Christmas, bopping around the living room, singing, So here it is, Merry Christmas. Do you want me to count? Christmas, everybody's having fun. Look to the future now, it's only just begun. Or something like that. Anyway, thank you. I mean, we had such fun. It was a, it was a memorable Christmas. I, I've forgotten loads of Christmas, but I remember that one. But can I tell you, I don't know whatever happened to that record player. I'm sure it no longer exists. I'm sure those, those little um, vinyl, they're probably worth quite a lot, um, no, no longer exist. And not only do they like, no longer exist, the experience didn't last, and it certainly didn't change our lives. But this Christmas, if you and I will fully receive the greatest gift of all, it will not only last, but it will totally change your life. We've, we see it here in this last part of John 3.16. It says, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If you know anything about the Scrooge story, and you saw a little indicator of it in our presentation, it was actually when the, the ghost of Christmas yet to come, or the ghost of Christmas future, revealed something to Scrooge about that what his life would look like that eventually shocked him into changing. He saw the effect of his selfish life on other people. He looked ahead at the prospect of a, a funeral that no one was turning up to. He looked at the certainty of his own death and the uncertainty of what lay beyond. 
But here we have a promise that whoever believes in Christ shall not perish, but can have a confidence about the future, can have a confidence that that the word here is eternal life. We don't need to be afraid of the future because there's a promise that Jesus Christ, who himself died and rose again and triumphed over death, offers eternal life to all who believe. That's, if you like, the eternal aspect of eternal life. But eternal life in the Bible doesn't just mean life that goes on forever. It's about a brand new life that starts the moment you accept him. You see, if you're um, here and you're awake and listening to me, just checking, then it proves you've got physical life. You have a body, you have mind, will and emotions, you are able to engage. But there's another aspect of life, which is, if you like, a spiritual life. And the word eternal life literally means the life of the ages, or the life of heaven, or the life of God. There's a part of you that, and and if I look back at my own um, conversion, when I prayed that prayer, I was shocked at the difference between what I was like and what I became as a result of simply inviting Christ in. I was spiritually empty. I became full of love, joy, and peace. I was lacking in a sense of purpose and direction. I became filled with a tremendous sense of purpose in my life. It changed absolutely everything. The promise of eternal life that starts now. In Scrooge's case, it meant a complete change of character. From miserable to joyful, Dickens in The Christmas Carol said of Scrooge, I love this phrase, his own heart laughed. He was changed, but there's also a big, big focus in the story on as a result of his life being changed, he changed from being a miser to being a generous, giving person who was a blessing to those around. And my my question to you and to myself is, why would we not want a new life that changes us and makes us better in helping other people? And that, I believe, what is at the heart of the Christmas story, receiving Christ in this way. In Kingsgate, we've seen thousands of people over the years who who could testify, who could tell a story of what God has done and how this new life has changed them and is changing them still to this moment. And I've just got a few stories on a VT I want to show you of a few people who just want to share their story of what God has done. Many of them have experienced Christ very recently. Just listen and watch this. Hi, my name's Kelly. Um, Before I started coming to church, I had um, friends, family, job, money, everything was going well. Uh, A friend invited me along to Christmas service uh, two years ago this year, and I thought I'd go along and be supportive. Uh, Came, really enjoyed it, it was brilliant. Um, and it kind of sparked some curiosity into trying to find out there was might be a little bit more to this than I'd originally thought. So I ended up signing up for the Alpha course, and during the Alpha course, that's where I made a commitment towards God. And since then, my life has changed in ways that I didn't think was really possible. Um, I just I find I have an inner calmness a lot of the time when th- when stressful situations um, that I would normally find difficult to handle I just know that God is always there with me. My friend started coming to church with me um, so, uh, about a year ago now, uh, and 
I just noticed that he came into the church having known nothing about it um, and he just accepted everything from the go, jumped in feet first and he absolutely loved it. Uh, and I could see a transformation in him. And I just realised that I'd been sitting on the sidelines for so long and that I just wanted what he had got there. Um, so at that point there, I fully accepted um, Jesus for me. Um, in doing that, I was able to completely turn my back on, on the person that I had become uh, and move forward with God. Uh, my heart was softened. Um, I became able to empathise with people that I couldn't previously do, um, love people like I couldn't previously, uh, now happily married, I'm pleased to say. Um, and through all this, I've just realised that I want my God with me. And uh, in everything I do and every, everywhere I go, uh, I want my God to be with me. Hi, I'm Timmy. I've been brought up in a Christian home and I've been coming to Kingsgate all my life. A few years back I struggled with identity and my faith in God and insecurity and it dawned on me that this can't be about my parents' faith or my parents' religion, it needs to be less about religion and more about my faith and my relationship with God and since making that decision everything has changed for me, I've been happier, I feel like God has a plan for me and that there's a purpose to my life. I got to a point where my way wasn't working last November, I was desperate and in that desperation, I finally gave everything to the Lord, and I mean everything. It was like I've been driving all my life, and I said, here, Lord, you take the wheel. My way doesn't work. I'm letting go now, and I just want you to take control of my life. And when I did that, his spirit just filled me. That emptiness inside, it was full to overflowing, and all fears, anxieties, and issues I'd held on for years and struggled with, they just all fell away. I just felt full and more compassionate and loving and I just wanted to help and serve people. And what I was amazed by, that it, it was my character that was changing, it was spilling out into my everyday life, into my work life, it was healing my marriage. It was just more than I, than I possibly could imagine or, or hope for. And there's just, there's just wholeness and fullness in that. And I can honestly say now with clarity, I know that I know that I know that Jesus is the only way. It's just really hard to actually put into words how God can change someone's life in such a radical way. Since I became a Christian, since I was born again, it's just been the best, the best ever time. <laughs> God is just so good. <laughs>I love those stories, not only because they represent all different people, different ages, different backgrounds, but also I know a little bit about the stories behind their stories. And some of them came with life seemingly fine, and it wasn't until they accepted Christ they realized what they'd been missing. Others came really needing help and very aware of issues in their lives. And Christ came in and began a wonderful work of transformation in their lives. And the great news is, is that what is they had in common with myself, Bear Grylls, literally billions of others throughout history, is they prayed a simple prayer. As it were, they took the gift of Christmas present and took their opportunity to receive Christ. And at the close of this service, that's what I want to do, is give you an opportunity to receive too. So if you'd like to stand to your feet, please. And if you wouldn't mind just bowing your heads and closing your eyes. 
I'd like to give invitation to two particular groups of people. Firstly, to those who have never, ever received this gift. It may be your very first time in church. Maybe you've been coming for a while. Maybe you're not even sure, but you want to make sure. It's an amazing promise. If you'll believe and receive, if you'll, as it were, surrender your life to Christ, he'll come in and change you, give you new life now and forever. It's the greatest gift ever. What I'd like to do now is I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. I'd like you to say it after me from your heart to this real God who loves you and has a plan for you. And we're all going to pray it together. So let's pray this together. Father God, thank you that you love me so much that you gave your son Jesus. He became a man. He died on the cross that I might be forgiven, that I might be set free. And then you raised him from the dead that I might have new life. Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you to come into my life, to change me, to set me free, to make me brand new. Give me new life now and forever. Amen. Let me just pray for you. Father, I thank you now for the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray this for those who've come here today and have responded at the front, but I pray this for every single one of us, that this Christmas time, we might know the presence of Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, residing and presiding over our lives and homes in a new way. I pray for any who are needing healing, either in body, mind, or spirit, or relationships, that you, the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Wholeness, will bring health and restoration in Jesus' name. Amen.